Today's episode of The Overwhelmed Brain is brought to you by Away. Get $20 off some darn cool and smart suitcases when you visit awaytravel.com forward slash brain. Make sure to use the promo code BRAIN during checkout to get the discount. Are you annoyed by affirmations? How about when someone tells you to think positively? I know you're at the bottom of a well, but you just have to keep thinking positively and soon you'll be rescued. That's great and all, mister, but do you think you can send down a rope or a ladder or something? <laughs> Kids! If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like a straight path to denial, then get ready to start creating the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, personal empowerment coach and host of The Overwhelmed Brain. And this is the personal growth show for the critical thinker. On every episode, we'll talk about practical down-to-earth steps to help you improve your mood and keep you sane in this powerful journey we call life. I want to help you bridge the gap between your emotions and reason, causing you to discover why you do the things you do and what you can do to reach higher levels of happiness and lower levels of stress and overwhelm. Everything I talk about is not to be mistaken for actual medical advice or treatment and is intended to be for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical treatment. What you'll find here is an increase in your emotional intelligence, a strengthening of your self-worth and self-esteem, the motivation to be your authentic self, and the forward momentum to help you learn, heal, grow, and evolve. And part of doing all that growing and learning and healing and evolving <laughs> involves our receiving. Receiving in the sense that we have Thanksgiving coming up, at least in the U.S. here and I believe uh, Canada. What I want to talk about is um, how are you at receiving? Because when someone wants to give something to you, do you say thank you? Or do you say, no, 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 that's okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. Don't, don't spend any money. Oh, you don't have to buy me lunch. I, I got it. I got it. Where are you in that spectrum when someone wants to give you something, when someone offers you something? Where do you go? Do you automatically go, oh, no, no, no. Don't put yourself out. I would rather either pay for myself or pay for my own way or whatever. Now, in some cases, that's normal and that's fine. But are you like that all the time? Are you like, no, you don't have to buy me lunch. Uh, I got it. Or maybe you're the type that always likes to buy lunch. Well, I have a unique perspective on giving and receiving. Well, maybe it's not unique, <laughs> but it's something that uh, I don't hear too many people talk about, which is, okay, it's nice to give. I mean, it feels good to give. At least it does to me and probably for you as well. But just in case you don't think the same way, just think about the time you got exactly what you wanted and how it felt. Think about something in your life where you either asked for something or hoped something would come true, and it did. Can you think of a time in your life when that happened? I think um, when I was, what, 10? And I hoped and prayed for an Atari 2600, <laughs> a video game system that half the planet doesn't even know existed. <laughs> but I was a young kid and I wanted to play video games 
because I would go to the arcades and that would be the majority of my friends. I mean, the games, not people. <laughs> I would go there and feel at home among video games. And so I wanted an Atari 2600 so I could play video games at home. And it came true. That Christmas, it came true. And I was so excited. And from that point on, my, my brain melted. <laughs> and I loved video games uh, for many, many years. But um, it helped me get into computers and to technology, so I don't fault it. But um, it certainly was a time waster. <laughs> and uh, But I, I loved it. It was just, wow, you could play these games at home. I can't believe it. And it was exciting, and I got exactly what I wanted. So I remember that feeling, and it was the gift that kept on giving. It was just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. So now I'll put my uh, brain in the bodies of my parents who got me the video game system. And as my mom or dad, I'm thinking, you know, he'd probably love this game system. Well, I probably know he'd love it because he'd probably been asking for it. So yes, I know he's going to love this. And how will it feel to see his face when he opens up this gift? That's a good feeling too. And that's the exchange system. That's the uh, good feeling reciprocation system that takes place between giving and receiving. It's like, I'm going to feel so good giving him this gift. And then when I opened it, I felt so good receiving that gift. And as a kid, I wasn't going, oh, no, 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 I, I can't take this. <laughs> I can't take this game system. This must have been expensive. No, 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 take it back. I didn't do that. And because I didn't do that, I enjoyed it. And they enjoyed seeing my expression and seeing the hours and weeks and months and years that I had fun with that and many other game systems that I got into uh, growing up. So looking at that foundation of giving and receiving, something like that, where the giver feels so good giving and the receiver feels so good receiving. And you both walk away with that same high energy. It's a, it's a good feeling overall. When that happens, that's magic. That is something that is hard to replicate, that whole process of giving and receiving. So I want you to think about something that you received that you just loved and were so grateful for. And if you can't think of anything, just pretend. <laughs> I mean, I think we all have something, but just in case, if you can't think of anything, just pretend you got exactly what you wanted. Something that you've really been wanting. Just pretend you got it. All right, you take that feeling of receiving, that wonderful, wonderful feeling, and you bring it into today's circumstances. And, and for example, someone offers you lunch. And you're the type of person that normally says, no, 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 no. You don't have to pay for me. Don't worry about it. Think about what you're taking away from the giver. This is my unique perspective. And you might have a different perspective. I know it's not always true. There are some people who are people pleasers and they give all the time and they're just going to give no matter what. And I'm not here to say that people pleasing is a good thing. I think it's uh, dysfunctional. <laughs> I come from that space of people pleasing, um, or at least I used to before I stopped and started honoring myself more and more and started saying no more and more. But yes, there is a limit to people pleasing. And if you're a people pleaser and you give and give and give and you're always buying and you're always giving, is there reciprocation? Is there a balance? 
do you get back just as much, if not more? Because if you don't, then you are overextending yourself and you will probably get burnt out because you're going to feel it. And you might even deny it. You might even go, no, I love giving and I love, and I don't care if anyone doesn't give back and I don't care if they ask more of me because I love giving. You might be telling the truth, I don't know, but for the most part, uh, that doesn't work well when you give and give and then you don't get back. So I'm not talking about excessive people pleasers. I'm talking about, for example, I took my friend Amber out to lunch. We met the other day and um, I was on her show. She invited me on her show and a couple of weeks later, we met for lunch and talked about business and coaching and how things are going. We've known each other for years. And before we started our conversation, I said, you know, I'm hungry. Let's go to lunch. And she's like, yes, let's do it. And uh, we went to a sub shop and I said, hey, can I buy you lunch? And she stopped. <laughs> she put her hands out in front of her and she looked straight ahead and she goes, okay, <laughs> I've been practicing this. Yes, Paul, you can buy me lunch. <laughs> and I looked at her funny and I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> and she said, I'm practicing receiving. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you said yes, because it honors me to do this for you. And she really had an obstacle there. She really had to think about and say yes to receiving. And uh, for a moment, I thought, you know, my girlfriend does that too. She, she, she won't automatically say yes if someone offers her something. And I tend to do the opposite. I tend to just say, sure, thanks. <laughs> it, it just comes out of my mouth fast. But not because I'm, I'm needy or desperate. It's really because I put myself in the shoes of the giver. Because when Amber said yes, I felt really good. I felt really good that I could do that for her. And that's what giving to me is all about, is feeling good when you do it. That's why I'm kind of against people pleasing. Because <laughs> a lot of the times you don't feel good pleasing people, pleasing people all the time and not getting balance in your life because they're not returning, they're not reciprocating at the same level. Typically you're a hundred times more giving than they are giving. So it never balances out. But, um, you know, I'm not calling Amber a people pleaser, but she did have trouble receiving. So there I was and I bought her lunch and we had a good lunch and we talked about that for a little while, but um, she's really working on that. And it surprises me every time I see someone hesitate or say, no, 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 or let me buy you lunch instead. Because not receiving sort of does take something away from the giver. So why am I talking about all this? I'm talking about all this because... I want you to be a good receiver and I want you to start practicing no matter how hard it is. <laughs> I want you to start practicing. Sure, you can buy me lunch or yes, I will. I will take that. Thank you. I want you to start practicing. Thank you. Now, this isn't in every single scenario with every single situation, but when it's authentic, you know, I'm talking about people that they're out, they're having a good time, and someone says, hey, can I buy that for you? And you say yes. I'm not talking about someone buying you a drink at a bar that <laughs> kind of indicates that it's going to go somewhere after that. I'm talking about, you know, friends and family and people you know and trust. 
Hey, can I get that for you? Sure, thanks so much. And really be grateful. I mean, that's your chance to practice Thanksgiving. I know, it's just the U.S. and Canada, but just practice giving thanks. How about that? <laughs> just practice giving thanks. It's a great week to do it because it'll be talked about um, all week. Give thanks. Graciously. Gratefully. In appreciation for their giving. Thank you so much. Wow, that means a lot. Thank you so much. I started practicing that a long time ago. I realized that when I said, no, 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 don't, no, that's okay. Don't, you don't have to do that. I realized that was coming from a, a dysfunctional place in me. Yes, there are some times where I'll say no. I'll say, no, no, that's fine. It's rare, but it just depends on a bunch of circumstances. <laughs> if they've paid for lunch 10 times, then they offer 11th time, I'm going to be like, no, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I'm going to buy a few times and then we can even this out because now I feel like I'm taking advantage of you. So no, there are times when you will say no, but if you have trouble receiving, then practice receiving, practice being thankful and look at it from the perspective of the giver. I am so happy to be able to give this to you. Wow, thank you so much. That's a nice place to be. Thank you so much. And then if any uh, insecurity rises up in you, like, I hope they have enough money. I hope they're not putting themselves out by doing this for me. I hope they don't think I'm needy or desperate. If that rises up in you, I want you to transform that into full trust in the other person. And what I mean by that is you have to trust that they wouldn't have offered it if they didn't want to do it or couldn't afford it. And once you realize that they wanted to do it and can afford it or found a way to do it just so they could feel better about themselves even, it's another good way to look at it. I would feel better about myself if you accepted this. Transform any insecurity into full trust in the other person and then graciously accept and receive and enjoy. If you celebrate, happy Thanksgiving. If you don't, then enjoy giving thanks. Either way, it's the same thing. <laughs> Be right back. All right, it's been a while since I got my Away Smart Case. The specific one I got is called the Carry-On. And I'm happy to report that after several months of, um, I guess you could call rough handling, <laughs> it's doing great. I use it mainly to haul video and audio gear around when we're doing some sort of shoot or something. So as you can imagine, it can see some abuse. But it's all good news because I'm still very happy with my Away suitcase. And I've had to use the built-in USB charging port at least three or four times already, where as if I didn't have it, I would have been up the creek. <laughs> Today's sponsor is Away. They make high quality yet affordable suitcases. And these aren't just ordinary suitcases. They're lightweight. They come with a USB charger built in, which stores up to five charges on a 10,000 milliamp battery and will probably cause your friends and family to be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so you may need to keep a tight grip on yours around them. Take a look at one. Go to awaytravel.com forward slash brain and use the promo code brain 
when you check out to get $20 off your order. The case is extremely affordable, especially with the extra $20 off, and even better if you're in the US because you get free shipping and a 100-day trial. Combine that with a lifetime warranty, and this is a real deal. Just think, if you don't like it in 100 days, send it back and they'll refund you no questions asked. With that lifetime warranty, you might as well keep it forever. <laughs> Go to awaytravel.com forward slash brain and then choose one of three sizes. I have the carry-on which does fit in the overhead and when you're checking out, use the promo code brain to get the discount. You can't beat the durability and quality of this case. I'm using it, I'm loving it, and I know you will too. Awaytravel.com forward slash brain. All right, welcome back. This is Ask Paul. This is where I read a listener email on the air and do my best to help them through a challenge. Today's email is a follow-up email that I had with someone offline. And uh, she wrote to me and said that she was having trouble with her boyfriend and he was emotionally disconnected and uh, he everyone that's ever been in his life has left him. And um, she was feeling verbally and emotionally abused and there was a lot going on there but um some time had passed and i didn't know what her situation was so i wrote back to her and said is this still going on what's happening and uh, she wrote back and said this unfortunately things didn't turn out for the best and now i'm left feeling like i was just a stepping stone for my ex he had proposed but then instead of taking our separation as a time to work on ourselves as well as our relationship he ended it this is kind of okay with me because he never seemed to be fully in it he always seemed like he was waiting for something better to come along, and honestly, it's nice not to have to deal with his verbal and emotional abuse. I know he's not a bad person, but there is no room in love for lies or treating someone you say you love only second to your child like they're beneath you. And it's hard for me because I'm not the type to just give up on people I love and care about, but I guess at some point you have to? She put question marks. Any insights or opinions are definitely welcomed in regards to any part of my situation. It's really painful because it, I feel like I've wasted three years of my life since he knew what I wanted from the get-go and then he pretended to go along with it until the last year of our relationship when he came out and said he wasn't sure he wanted marriage or another child. It's hard to pay for someone else's mistakes, his ex-wife. Uh, I'm not sure what she means, but that's okay. Thank you for taking the time to reach out to me. I appreciate it a lot. I've been working on building back up my self-worth and realizing that I deserve someone that is going to respect and love me. Sincerely, Jane. Made up the name, Jane. Okay, Jane, thanks for that uh, update. And um, you said, unfortunately, things didn't turn out for the best. And I'm sitting here going, wow, fortunately, things turned out for the best. <laughs> I know it's hard. I know that you think that you wasted three years of your life, but I see that as the college of emotions. <laughs> those, those were your classes, and every class you learned something new. And then in three years, you graduated. <laughs> you learned what it's like to be in an emotionally abusive relationship. And now you can take this knowledge with you and look for those signs. And you can thank him for the lessons. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks going through the breakup. It sucks thinking about, well, I could have spent three years of my life with someone better or healthier or whatever. But really, 
you probably would not have been able to do that because you stayed with him for three years, which means at one point you were attracted to whatever qualities he had. And then as you learned the qualities that you didn't like about him, yes, you could have made different choices. Yes, you could have gotten out of the relationship and done something else, but you had some investments in there. So you decided to stay. But uh, so, so what? You decided to stay and you learned more lessons and you felt more pain and you did go through some abuse. And, and that's not a so what, but that is a powerful experience that you will never forget. I hope you never forget because you can take that with you. You can take that as your graduation present. <laughs> now you know what to look for. I hope. I hope you know what to look for because what attracted you to him in the first place, that will be the first thing to look for. What attracted me to him in the first place? What attracted him to you in the first place? Start writing that stuff down. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm not saying it's all unhealthy. I'm just saying that there are probably some qualities in you that he was very attracted to that he then eventually exploited. And probably one of those things is something that was very clear in your letter that you're not the type of person to give up on the people that you love and care about. And then you ask, but I guess some point you have to? Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. At some point, you do have to give up. Not because you're giving up on them. It's not about that at all. It's about honoring you and giving you what you need to get healthy again. You said it yourself. You were going through verbal and emotional abuse. So how do you get healthy? You get away from verbal and emotional abuse or find some way to counter it, which is, I'm telling you right now, almost impossible. <laughs> I study this stuff and emotional abusers are crafty. They're clever. They know, well, they may not all know what they're doing, but they know how to do it well. And they are just not easy to be around because they've lived a, a big part of their life being the way they are. I'm not holding that against them. I'm not saying they're bad people intrinsically. A lot of them are very good people, actually. But they learned how to get their needs met in a particular way, and that is by exploiting your vulnerabilities and finding your weak points and your triggers and finding ways that to make you feel guilty and finding ways to make you responsible and it, it all gets pushed onto you and then you leave every conversation feeling guilty, feeling responsible, feeling like it's all your fault. When in reality, they orchestrated it to be your fault. I'm not saying this is true every time, but for the most part, when you're dealing with a classic uh, case of emotional abuse, that's what happens is that you leave every conversation feeling like uh, you did something wrong. Because they are so good with words. They're, they're excellent with words. They're terrible with action. <laughs> they're great with words. Terrible with action. How do you know you're being emotionally abused? Because when they say they're going to do something and they don't do it, boom, there's one sign. That's not, that's not the only sign. There's a lot of <laughs> signs. In fact, I'm coming out with a checklist that will let you know if you're in an emotionally abusive relationship. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that. But the point is, when you're in that type of relationship, everything that you find as a good quality about yourself 
is used against you. So again, Jane, congratulations. You graduated. <laughs> you got out of that relationship. And I'm not trying to diminish the pain and whatever you went through because I absolutely know what that's like. And funny enough, I come from the other side. I used to emotionally abuse my wife. And I didn't know that until the last year of my marriage. My judgments were so harsh that she felt unsafe around me. I mean, I think about that now and I go, wow, I made my wife feel unsafe around me? What kind of marriage is that? I think about who I was and go, I will never be that person again. I would rather leave and be hurt and feel the pain of the breakup instead of staying and having her feel unsafe around me. When your partner feels unsafe around you or you feel unsafe around your partner, there's something that has to change. There's something that needs uh, improving, updating, or disintegrating. There's something that needs to change. You should feel safe. You should feel trusting and loving with your partner. I mean, trust leads to happiness, leads to love. And it's all part of the same uh, machine. If you're not feeling that, then something needs to change. Something needs to improve. So, Jane, you asked me for any insights or opinions because it's still uh, painful at times. And like you wasted three years of your life. Well, it's not a waste. Uh, my mom, quote, wasted 44 years of her life with an abusive man. And the day she finally realized she was free of him, she said the same thing. She said, I wasted so much time with him. And yes, it will get to a point where you reach an age where you don't have much time left. She's in her 70s now. I'm hoping she still has 20 or so years left. 20 or so years is a, a very long time. Even 10 years is a long time. But even if you only had a year left, it's still the year without the abuse. It's still the year that you can finally be free. So I have a feeling you're a lot younger than that. So three years is a drop in the bucket. Three years is nothing. And three years of powerful lessons is really something. So I congratulate you for surviving and making it to this point where you have something to take with you into your next relationship. Now, as far as building yourself back up, you said that I've been working on building back up my self-worth and realizing that I deserve someone that is going to respect and love me. Okay, so here's the most important part. Well, maybe not the most important, but a very important part is that in order for you to get someone else to respect and love you, fill in the blank. Do you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> you have to show that to yourself. You have to. And I'm, I'm going to follow that up because somebody might say, how do you do that? And that's a good question. How do you do that? Well, when you're in a situation where you are being, for example, abused, if that happens again, what is the best way to show yourself respect and love? You get out. You get out of the situation. I mean, certainly you can go to therapy and, and certainly things can improve. But if they don't, you get out. That's how you show yourself respect and love. Now, when you're outside of a relationship, you show yourself respect and love by being your own best friend, by being 
the perfect mom that you never had, the perfect dad that you never had, you know, I mean, you may have had them, but you nurture yourself. It's self-parenting. It's self-love. It's self-compassion. You do things for yourself that you wanted healthy mom, healthy dad to do. Because if they weren't healthy, what would you have wanted them to do? You do those things for yourself. You nurture yourself. You think about what it was like as a child and what you were missing. What was uh, taken away from you? What was never given to you? And then you look inward to that child. You've heard me say the inner child, right? You look into that child inside of you and you ask, what do you need? And you'll get an answer. And you might cry. And it might feel pretty darn good to give her what she needs. And then you give her what she needs and then that's self-love. That's self-nurturing. And that's where it starts because you have to know what it's like to respect yourself, to love yourself, to trust yourself. How do you do that? You talk to yourself. (laughs) You talk to yourself. You have inner dialogue. And I'm not talking about the inner dialogue that uh, you get when uh, you do something that you aren't proud of. Like, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm not talking about that kind of inner dialogue. I'm talking about intentional dialogue where you sit down and go, okay, let me have a conversation with that part of me. And you have a conversation. What do you need? I really need a hug. Great. Give yourself a hug. (laughs) Or whatever it is. It's kind of silly, but it's a great start because you want to make sure you have this in you, this respect and love for yourself before you go into your next relationship. That way you know what it's like. And that way when you get uh, something that isn't what you felt when you were alone, that isn't respect and love, you'll know what that's like too. You'll see the signs early enough. And then you'll have an opportunity to change that if you want to. So I hope this helps, Jane. I Thank you so much for writing. I, I hope that you're in a good place now. And um, thanks for sharing your story. We'll be right back. I want to tell you about something that I'm very excited about. It's the overwhelmed brain. (laughs) Yes, this show has become a book. It is a physical book that you can hold in your hand. And I'm very excited about this because it took a long time to put together. But uh, what I want you to do is imagine this show in a linear fashion, sequentially put together, that tells you how to get from where you are now to fully empowered. This is like an A to Z step-by-step process to building a solid foundation inside of you, to building relationships, and then finally creating the life you want. Because once you build that solid foundation and you know how to show up in the world where the world responds to you instead of you reacting to the world, once you get to that point, your life changes. It improves drastically. All the obstacles to happiness are cleared and suddenly you're on a straight path to full empowerment. And that's what I want for you. So the Overwhelmed Brain book is going to be available on Amazon at the end of this month, but you'll find it at Barnes & Noble. Um, I even found it on Target.com. That's like, wow, Target. (laughs) So I want you to check it out. 
you can go to my website, theoverwhelmedbrain.com and uh, look for the link there or just go straight to Amazon and you can pre-order it today. But I'm going to be pushing this. So if you hear me talking about this book over and over again throughout these uh, episodes in the coming weeks, that's because I'm purposefully pushing it. So get your highlighters ready for The Overwhelmed Brain. Uh, the whole title is The Overwhelmed Brain, Personal Growth for Critical Thinkers. Look for it on Amazon. Look for it at Barnes & Noble and other online retailers and other bookstores. It's coming your way really quick. Today is um, Sunday, November 20th. Thinking it's going to be out by November 30th, I'm told. Let's see what happens. Keep an eye out for that. Grab the book. Carry it with you. Bring TOB everywhere you go. And really start to solidify that path to empowerment. All right, we have time for one more quick message from someone else that I'll call uh, Jane 2. <laughs> I haven't used that one yet. <laughs> Jane 2 writes, and I'm going to totally paraphrase this for brevity. At my job, I'm attracted to someone that I really like. And the problem with that is I have a boyfriend that I'm dedicated to. However, I am so attracted to this person at work. And so one night we went out. Uh, where were they? A bar, maybe. And um, everyone left except the two of us. And we shared stories, uh, stories that he doesn't really share with anyone. And I think we felt very connected through that. And we kissed. We were in a place where more could have happened, but we were both quite scared and ultimately decided to hold back. We kissed a few more times and it felt very heavy. He made me feel better by saying he thought I had a lot of self-control to stop at that kiss, but I still felt like I let my boyfriend down. It was definitely outside the boundaries of our current relationship. And from there, my coworker and I agreed to end things and keep communication to a minimum at work. But I continue to think about him constantly. And it's hard seeing that person every day and avoiding one another when no one else knows why. Coming home to my boyfriend, I cried after sex for many weeks because of my guilt and the fact that I care about him so much. I chose not to tell him what happened. It was not his decision, so I don't believe he deserves to feel bad at all. I know it's dishonest, and if the roles were reversed, I would want to know so to not look like a blissfully unaware fool. I would also forgive, but I'm not so sure he would forgive me for cheating. So she goes on and uh, says a, a few more things, but um, what I want to address here is that, and I've talked about this on a, an episode, I don't know too far back, but you know, physical attraction and emotional attraction, these things are, are going to happen. Even when you're in the most dedicated, wonderful relationships, these things are going to happen. And you're going to sense it and you're going to feel it and you're going to have to go, whoa, <laughs> I either need to step back and step away or step towards and see where this goes. But that is a moment of decision. But the problem is when you're with someone, when you're in a committed relationship, which decision do you think would work out better for everyone? If you have to guess, I'll help you. When you're in a committed relationship, the best decision is to step back and go, whoa, there's an attraction here. If you have an attraction to someone else besides the person you're with, there's an attraction here. I better step back. I better keep my distance because, you know, hormones, <laughs> physical and emotional attraction is hard to avoid sometimes unless you're programmed in a way that uh, you don't think that way or don't behave in such a way that you get attracted to people. But, you know, close proximity, especially with work, friends and coworkers can cause you to be uh, closer to people than if you weren't. 
if you are a work at home person. <laughs> You're not going to run into too many people working at home unless you go out. So if, if you go to a job, you're going to probably find people that are attractive in some way. This is normal. This is healthy. This is how the human body responds. This is how the human mind connects. It's not a bad thing. It only gets bad when you decide to take steps that betray commitment. So I'm going to tread lightly here because there are people listening right now that have betrayed commitments. And I have nothing against you for doing that. I don't want to get on a soapbox here and say, if you cheated, that's wrong. The only person that's wrong to, maybe, is the person that you're committed to. I'm not looking at it as wrong or right. You just have to answer to the person that you are already committed to. So A, if you're in a committed relationship and you're thinking about betraying that commitment, you will have to answer not only to them, but to your own subconscious. And that's the real killer. <laughs> your subconscious mind will eat away at you and will remind you, look what you did. And then it'll keep coming back at you just like it's happening here for Jane too. Her subconscious mind keeps reminding her that this is a problem. I mean, it's not even subconscious. I mean, it's in there. It's her, her conscious mind too. I mean, she is just being reminded every time that what she did was wrong. Then again, not for me to judge. That's only her mind and her boyfriend. And she will have to answer to her and him. And depending on your belief, you might have to answer to something even greater than yourselves. I won't go there. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is that you'll just have to deal with this in a way that gets you closure. And that's the most important part here is how can I come to closure? In your case, you kissed, which is a breach of trust. It is a betrayal of commitment. Um, at least, you know, these are my judgments. I am telling you my judgments. If I was in a relationship with you, I would see that as a huge betrayal. And I would want to know so that I could do something with that information. Otherwise, guess who I'm living with? I'm living with a continuous liar. I'm living with a continuous betrayer because there's no more trust. And there is a path out of this self-guilt and that is to come to an admission. I'm not telling you to do that. I am telling you that if your subconscious mind is reminding you and making you feel guilty, that probably won't stop at least for a while. You may eventually get past it. You may get to a point where uh, you find renewed love and trust in your boyfriend. And if you can get to a point where you go, wow, I feel so much better in this relationship. I can't believe I ever risked it. I will never do that again. And you feel good about that and you can go forward, then maybe everything will work out. And especially if your subconscious mind never reminds you and you never feel guilty, maybe it can work out. I'm not saying that's the honorable thing to do. This really does fall on your values. What do you value in yourself? When I think about my values, I think about how I'm honorable, how I'm trustworthy, how I want respect from others, and I will respect them. I think about all these values in me. And if I'm not in alignment with those values, then I can't be happy. 
So my answer to you is to uh, get into alignment with your values so that you can get through this. If your values are in alignment and you don't have to say anything to him, great. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that what you end up doing is your choice. But I do know that if you feel any negativity, any guilt, any shame, anything like that, then that's the person you'll be in the relationship and that's the person your boyfriend will have to live with. And that's not all of you. You're more than that. But if you don't feel those things and you can make this a great relationship, then maybe it'll work out. So this is a very personal thing. This is a very personal decision for you. I'm not here to tell you to to tell them or not to tell them because that would be putting my judgments on your relationship. I can only give you my perspective and if I were in the same position. I mean, I told the story once of um, I was in this hotel room with my coworker and I was starting to get very uncomfortable because I was way too comfortable being there with her. (laughs) And what I mean is that there was an attraction and I realized, oh crap, (laughs) I'm... I'm attracted to this person. I can't be attracted to this person because I'm in a relationship. This is bad. And to this day, <laughs> my friend slash former coworker has no idea why I left early that night. I remember her saying, where are you going? What's wrong? And I was, and I was like, I got to go. And that was it. That's all I told her. If I had stayed, um, I still don't think anything would have happened But because there was attraction there, I didn't want to go further down that road. Did not want to travel that road at all. So I avoided it. I was fortunate I didn't have to deal with uh, anything beyond that. So I've, I've been in a situation where it was compelling and alluring and available. And I made different choices. Now, you made choices that you now feel something about. So this means you have another choice to make. Do you tell? Do you not? That is your choice. And I gave you my insights. I hope they help you. It probably doesn't make anything better. But I do know that um, if it were me, I'd want to know. I would rather have data to work with than wonder why my girlfriend always feels weird after sex. Or wonder why my girlfriend's acting a certain way and her never sharing it with me. So if, if that's the way the future is going to go and he's always going to have that question in his mind, it's probably not going to be the best it could be. But if you have data to work with, maybe it can be. So up to you, Jane, too. Uh, thank you so much for writing. I wish you the best on this. If you want, send me an update. And uh, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. Be right back. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank Away. Go to awaytravel.com forward slash brain and get $20 off your incredibly smart case today. But you got to use the promo code brain to get that discount. I also want you to consider getting the paper version of The Overwhelmed Brain. You can find it at Amazon. You can go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and click on the link for The Overwhelmed Brain book 
I want you to have it in your hands and I want you to take pictures of it and post it on my Facebook page. All right, now I'm asking for a lot. <laughs> it's not even available yet, but get your highlighters ready and pre-order the book today. And I want to thank you. If you've left a review on iTunes, if you've purchased a worksheet or a workbook, or if you're part of the patron program, or if you're using the Amazon link or you've donated, I am grateful for you. Every little bit you give towards this show goes back into it and comes back at you with full force. So I hope you're getting some value and uh, I appreciate you very much. So thank you. And finally, thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And I want to end the show on a good, quick note because it's Thanksgiving and I want you to give thanks or receive <laughs> and be happy to receive. In fact, be open to receiving and be open to giving because that's how a system works. It's kind of like um, physics. It's like energy cannot be destroyed or created. It's just transformed. It's, it transmutes. It converts. It keeps going back and forth. It keeps getting replaced, displaced, charged, recharged, discharged. It's sort of like those, uh, some of those abstract concepts that you're taught in uh, some personal growth teachings where they go, well, if you clean out a part of your life, it makes room for something else. You know, you clean out that closet that you have uh, clothes that you haven't worn for 20 years and suddenly your closet fills back up. <laughs> Even if you don't have much money, it just seems to fill up. Void, voided spaces just seem to fill up. And that's an interesting philosophy and um, it pretty much holds true. You can't have action without reaction. You can't have a cause without effect. So why not? You can't have um, hot without knowing what cold is. You can't be grateful without being able to receive and you can't um, receive without being able to give and it all works. It's a, it's a complete cycle. It's the yin-yang, um, give and take, back and forth. It's how the system works. It's like, um, I make money, then I spend money. <laughs> and I spend more money. <laughs> and then you get credit cards and you spend even more money. And then you realize, oh, this system isn't working. Well, that's because you have credit cards. <laughs> but when you don't have credit cards and it's a cash-based system, then you get to see how the system works. It's a lot less stressful. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Or more, depending on how you look at it. But you get the idea. This is all about receiving and giving. And if you celebrate, happy Thanksgiving. And whether you do or not, I want you to open your mind and step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are Amazing.